0: This is the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. You're listening to the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. The podcast that aims to start conversations about the oneness and unity of God and about the humanity of Jesus. My name is Dustin Smith and as always, I will be your host. I appreciate you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. This week we have episode 220, entitled the way to the father misunderstood in john chapter 14 as you are undoubtedly aware we have been working through each and every occurrence of the theme of misunderstanding in the fourth gospel the gospel of john the theme of misunderstanding has three very important parts the first one is that jesus will make an ambiguous statement the second one is that the conversation partner misunderstands it, either by interpreting it literally or asking an inappropriate question. And the third part is that either Jesus or the narrator explains the statement. In this week's episode, we begin looking through John chapter 14, in which there are not one occurrence of the theme of misunderstanding. There are actually two occurrences. We'll look at the first of those two In this week's episode, we will look at how there is confusion over the definition of the way to the Father, as Jesus will talk about the way to the Father. How is it that Jesus can claim to be that particular way? How does Jesus distinguish himself? from the Father, and what does that mean about the identity of God, and what do we make of the curious collection of three characteristics that Jesus claims to be, namely the way, the truth, and the life? Let's find out on this week's episode of the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Our first point today is looking at the theme of misunderstanding involving the way to the Father. We're reading at John chapter 14, and I will start in verse 1. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am you may also be, and you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I and the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. That's John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Likely a passage that is familiar to many readers of the Bible. So before we look closely at the theme of misunderstanding, I think it's good to point out a couple of interesting tidbits about this passage. So, Jesus says that he is going away, namely that he is going to the Father. It's going to be very, very important as we look at this passage, in that the way that Jesus is departing is involved and defined by the destination. The destination, of course, is the Father. And so Jesus is going away. However, the disciples are not to be troubled. They are not to get anxious. They are not to get upset. Do not let your heart be troubled. And in doing so, Jesus makes an interesting statement. He commands them. It's likely an imperative in the Greek. There's a little bit of ambiguity, but it's translated in most English translations as an imperative. And Jesus says to believe in God and believe also in me. So the verb appears twice. The subject, of course, is the disciples, but the object of these verbs involve God and also Jesus. But to say believe in God and believe also in me actually distinguishes the two. Jesus differentiates himself from God. And who is this God? Well, in the context, Jesus calls this God father. And if the father is the father of Jesus, then that makes Jesus the son of that father, makes Jesus the son of God, who is Israel's messianic king. So in the midst of Jesus talking about going to God or going to the father, a misunderstanding arises over what the way actually is that leads to the father so this moves us to our second point point number two looking closer at the theme of misunderstanding involving the way so as we typically do we break down the passage and we look for this three-part theme of misunderstanding and the first part is that jesus will make an ambiguous statement This is pretty clear to observe we can see this in chapter 14 verse 4 where jesus says and you know the way where i am going john 14 verse 4. now in the greek it's a little less smooth it says in the greek and where i am going you know the way i want to talk a little bit about this phrase the way in Greek, it's actually a noun, the way, and it can be understood as a path or a road. The typical road is something that people walk upon when they're going to their destination. Now, a lot of people tend to read the English translation of John 14, 4, and they see that you don't know the way where I'm going, and they think of way and the way that's often used in generic English, where it's kind of the way that things are happening, the way that I feel today. It's just a germane, normal word, but here in Greek it's very specific. It refers to a road. It refers to a path. It's going to be very important when we hypothesize about where Jesus is got this particular phraseology and what it might mean for him to use it in reference to himself. So, moving on, the second part of the theme misunderstanding has the conversation partner misunderstanding it, either by interpreting it literally or by asking an appropriate question. Who is this conversation partner? Well, it's pretty clear. It is Thomas. And in John 14, verse 5, Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? So it seems that there are two misunderstandings here, but they are bound up together really into a single facet of confusion. Thomas doesn't know where, and he doesn't know the way. So where is it that Jesus is going? Well, he's already said in... The passage in verses 2 through 3 that he is going to the Father and if there is confusion arising over Jesus going to the Father let's not chalk it up to assume that disciples do not know who the Father is it's pretty clear in the Gospel of John that the disciples who are initiated Jesus know who the Father is the Father is the one God the God of Israel Now, there might be some people among the uninitiated crowds, but the disciples surely know that Jesus' father is God. And of course, if God is the father of Jesus, then Jesus is the son of God. So we can see that the confusion there arises over the destination and, of course, the way to get there doesn't know the way, doesn't know the road, doesn't know the path. And of course, he doesn't know where he's going. So Jesus is going to clarify this misunderstanding. That's the third part of the misunderstanding to where either Jesus or the narrator explains the statement. And Jesus does so in 14 verse 6, where Jesus says to him, Jesus says to Thomas, I am the way and the truth and the life, No one comes to the Father but through me. And so Jesus is the way that Thomas should know. Jesus is, of course, the way to the Father. And the way to the Father is not an actual road. It's not a staircase. It's not an escalator. It's not a ladder. The way is the person of Jesus. Now, when Jesus says this, there is an emphasis in the Greek. This is one of the occurrences of the ego and me statements in the Gospel of John, the I am statements. This is one of the I am statements with a predicate. So it's not just the I am, he, that is sometimes appearing in the narrative of the Gospel of John. This is I am plus a predicate. I am the way, the truth, and the life. But the emphasis in the Greek when you have ego in me, involves the fact that the verb in me, which is the verb to be in the first person singular, already has the subject bound up in the verb. The subject, of course, is the first person, and Jesus is speaking in the first person. But when you also add the nominative pronoun before the verb, and that pronoun is not there to tell you who the subject is, that's already told to us in the verb. The addition of the pronoun there is there for emphasis. And so it's not that Jesus is saying I am the way but rather I am the way. Now that's difficult to portray into English but you would just italicize the pronoun. That is the stress that's actually there in the Greek and I wanted to bring that out to you. And of course In doing so, Jesus is making this exclusive statement. No one has access to the Father but through Jesus. He himself is the way, the path. And Jesus is speaking to the Jews. So the Jews don't get any special access to God apart from going through God's Messiah. Now that the Messiah has arrived. This is an exclusive statement, and For some people, they prefer that because it sets some pretty clear guidelines about what it means to interact with the God of Israel. And other people don't like that. They don't like the fact that an exclusive statement will naturally exclude people who don't want to acknowledge the Messiah. So let's move on to our third and final point, the Christological implications to Jesus being the way to the Father. Now, this is where it gets interesting. When we look at all of the things that Jesus claims to be in this passage, the three things being the way, the truth, and the life, all of these characteristics are collectively bound up in one interesting figure from the Old Testament. And that figure is Lady Wisdom. Lady Wisdom, which is the personification of God's wisdom, the personification of God's wise interaction with and instruction to his people. There's no other figure, no person, none other in the Old Testament who is described with all three of these particular points. And now Jesus is here in the New Testament in John's Gospel claiming to definitively be the way, and the truth, and the life. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to look at each of these phrases and to show how they're used to describe God's wisdom in the Hebrew Bible, mostly out of the book of Proverbs. And then we can talk about what it means for Jesus to take these sayings about God's wisdom and apply them to himself. What is Jesus thinking about himself? And his relationship to God and what does this mean for our Christology so let's begin with the way remember that the way is a road or a path and the same definition appears in Hebrew the Hebrew noun direct which means way and so in regard to God's wisdom God's personified wisdom which is again a personification wisdom being personified is not to indicate to the readers that wisdom is a conscious divine person alongside God, as if there are two up there in heaven. God's wisdom is just that. It's his wisdom, but it's personified to portray a female figure. So in Proverbs 3:17, it says that her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. It's that word for ways that we see there which is our hebrew noun direct her paths her roads are pleasant so lady wisdom has roads she has the right way of wise living according to god's instruction another passage is a little later in proverbs chapter 3 starting in verse 21 the author says my son let them not vanish from your sight. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so they will be life to your soul and adornment to your neck. Then you will walk in your way securely. It's Proverbs three twenty-one through 23. So the reader is to keep and maintain wisdom. And if you do so, then... You're going to walk in your way. You're going to walk upon your road securely. And yet, just a few verses earlier, it is wisdom's road. It is the road of wisdom. So if you hold on to it, you will walk on that particular road. In the next chapter, Proverbs 4, verse 11, it says that I have directed you in the way of wisdom. I've led you in upright paths, Proverbs four eleven, And the way of wisdom is the road of of wisdom. It's wisdom's road and the parallelism has the paths of uprightness. A few chapters later in Proverbs chapter 8 we have personified wisdom so personified that she begins to speak in the first person. This of course again is a personification. So she says in chapter 8 verse 32, Now therefore O sons, Listen to me, for blessed are they who keep my ways. It's that word for ways, which is the plural word for roads. Those who keep wisdom's roads are going to be blessed. In the next chapter, wisdom is speaking, and she says, Forsake your folly and live, and proceed in the way of understanding. Proverbs 9, verse 6. And again, That word for way is the word road. Proceed upon the road of understanding. But this is something that wisdom is inviting people to do. It's her road. It's her path. That's enough about the way. What about truth? Of course, God's wisdom, of course, is God's wise truth that God wants to convey to his people. And so it's not surprising that God's wisdom is, gets personified as speaking about truth that she offers to people. So in Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 7, personified wisdom says, for my mouth will utter truth. Proverbs 8 verse 7. The noun for truth in Proverbs is the noun emet. It refers to truth, truthfulness, but could also mean faithfulness. So Lady Wisdom offers truth, And in a previous passage we looked at in Proverbs 3, we could see a couple of interesting points about this truth. So in Proverbs 3, verse 3, the narrator says, Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. So there we have truth. Truth is something that's important. It needs to be so closely integrated into someone's life that they are bound around a neck so that they go with you wherever you go and that's in chapter 3 verse 3 but later in the chapter starting in verse 21 we learn that this truth that is bound around your neck involves living according to wisdom in 321 the author says my son let them not vanish from your sight and keep sound wisdom and discretion they will be life to your soul and here it is adornment to your neck so wisdom is something that is to be adorned to your neck but earlier in 3 verse 3 we also learn that truth is something that is bound around your neck so we can see that God's truth and God's wisdom are closely related let's move to the third characteristic Jesus I am the way and the truth and the life The life in Hebrew, the word for life is Hayim. And we could see that you guessed it. God's wisdom is described with life like characteristics and qualities. In chapter three, verse 18, it says that she, lady wisdom, she is a tree of life to those who take hold of her and happy are all who hold her fast. She is this image of this life-giving tree. She is the life. And happy or blessed are all those who hold her fast. We already saw in chapter 3, verse 21, that the reader of Proverbs is to keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life to your soul. Holding wisdom means that you're going to have life because life is closely bound up with God's wisdom. And of course, in chapter 8, where Lady Wisdom is so personified that she is speaking in the first person, she says, For he who finds me finds life, and obtains favor from Yahweh. That's Proverbs 8, verse 35. So it's pretty clear to observe that Lady Wisdom is the figure in the Old Testament where the words way, truth, and life are closely bound up together in this figure, this figure of God's wisdom. And there's no other figure or person or abstract thing in the Old Testament to where all three of these things come together in this manner. That's a lot of passages we looked at. So what does this mean for Jesus? Well, by claiming to be the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus is describing himself with characteristics of Lady Wisdom. And in the Gospel of John, we do know that the human Jesus is the embodiment of God's personified Logos, John 1, verse 14. And what you really need to know is that the Logos, the Greek noun for word, is a near synonym to God's personified wisdom. Many of the things that were said about God's word were also said about God's wisdom, to the point to where in the first century there were many Jews who thought that God's word and God's wisdom were practically synonymous categories. They overlapped so much. So, for Jesus to be the embodiment of God's word would also indicate that he is the embodiment of God's wisdom. He is the embodiment of the way to God, the embodiment of the truth from God and the life that God gives. So by claiming to be the way and the truth and the life, the Gospel of John is indicating his wisdom Christology, and he's indicating that Jesus himself is speaking in ways that demonstrates that wisdom is embodied into his very person. And yet Jesus remains a fully human being, a human Messiah. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Join us next week as we continue into John chapter 14. And we're going to see confusion arising over how the disciples can see the Father. Please look forward to our next episode. Now, if you enjoy our podcast, we really encourage you to support us. We promote the important truths about the oneness and unity of God and the humanity of Jesus. You can support us absolutely for free by subscribing on YouTube and iTunes, by giving us an honest review on iTunes, and of course by sharing your most impactful episodes with your friends on social media. If you'd like to offer a donation, you can check out the episode's description for a link to PayPal. The Biblical Unitarian Podcast is produced and edited by Dustin Williams. I am Dustin Smith, your host. Until next time, you folks please take care.